And then understanding the science, the, the, the philosophy of delegation mm -hmm. to achieve those long-term goals. Because let me tell you something, if, if you're going through a divorce, it's going to show up in your business. If you're going through some problems with your kids, it's going to show up in your business. And at the end of your life, it's not about how many hours you work, right? It's about the people that are around you. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Friends, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. It's such an honor today to bring you my friend Brandon Baca from Franklin, Tennessee, owner of Ten Oaks Real Estate. This man is a veteran. He's a family guy, has built a big brokerage and has been doing so since 2008 during one of the most challenging markets ever. I can't wait for you to hear his personal story of growth through growing a, a tremendous brokerage in Franklin and, and growing a beautiful family with six girls. Welcome, Brandon Baca. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, friends, as promised, here we are sitting down with our good friend, Brandon Baca with Ten Oaks Real Estate from Franklin, Tennessee. Brandon, thanks so much for being here today, man. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so cool to get to know you. And, and as I always get to do, we spend a little bit of time before the show kind of getting acquainted. And, uh, and Brandon, you have uh, just a, a magnificent story about your family and your commitment to your family and the reason why you're in real estate. Uh, and some of that involves, you know, your service in the military. I wonder if you could just walk us through how you came to this beautiful business of real estate. Yeah, timeline. We can do a timeline uh, piece. Right. I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. <laughs> so, you know, I really, um, my background is very simple. I grew up in a little small town, Sherman, Texas, about 30,000 people. Um, had wonderful parents and um, just kind of grew up with this mindset that work was just something you went to. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was great. I had a wonderful, again, wonderful childhood. Um, but as I got older, um, I joined the Marines right out of high school, met and married my lovely wife, Andrea, of 21 years. And this has been Somewhere in the 19, late 90s, early 2000s, there's a lot of turmoil in the world. Yeah. And being in the Marines, of course, uh, you know, we get tapped for deployment. And it was very likely. And I got tapped for deployment uh, about a month after I found out my wife was pregnant with our first child. Now, had you so all met in Franklin or where, where were you all living? No, at actually. Franklin? So we, we met in uh, the Oklahoma, Texas area. Oh, okay, cool. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where we met. Our, our dads were both pastors of a, of, of, similar churches. Yeah. Her dad in Oklahoma City, my dad in Texas. And that's how we oh, kind of yeah. met that church camp type stuff. Yeah, cool. And um, yeah, so we, you know, I went, went on that deployment and came back. Life's different after a deployment in terms of, you know, your set points for difficulty, what you think is possible, your gratitude and appreciation, you know, mm. just to be alive. You know, one of the things I say every Christmas, I'm just happy to be home. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you spent were gone for seven months, home, you said, right? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. Gone for seven months, came home to a four month old little girl. And oh, then we had a little baby boom of our own. We had three more kids very quickly. <laughs> and you weren't done yet. This is my favorite part of the story. So yeah, carry on. Yeah. So we had four kids under age five and I was working as a sales rep for a paint company in Oklahoma city. 
And um, then uh, I thought, man, I got to find a way to get way more money into this situation. (laughs) And 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 for however many hours a week you were working, your wife was working double with four four kids under (laughs) five at home. (laughs) That's exactly right. And if you've ever had, you know, there's, if you've ever been at a place where there's always more month at the end of the money, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I thought, okay, I got to source some more income in here. And I'm, I'm selling paint at the time. And I thought, well, what's the most expensive thing I can sell? So I started out real estate, did it part-time for three years, mm-hmm. sourced as much income until I just was ready. And I, I had always wanted to be self-employed. I always wanted to be a business owner. Yeah. And uh, I thought, man, real estate really uh, checked my boxes. And mm-hmm. hey, no, no, uh, I wasn't having to pay rent anywhere. I wasn't having to pay for inventory. There were no cost of goods sold. There was nothing like that. It was just go in there, sell houses. And so, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. Well, and there's a couple more children in there as well, isn't there? That's right. So we had, uh, let's see, uh, Genevieve, which is my eight-year-old. And then when we moved, so I was in Oklahoma City. We we were married in Oklahoma City for 16 years yeah. and then moved to Franklin about four years ago, initially as a part of an expansion from a previous company yeah. uh, that I was a part of, and then uh, struck out and started Ten Oaks in November of 2019. Um, now we have about uh, somewhere between 140, 150 agents between um, Nashville or Franklin, Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, and Dallas-Fort Worth area. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, not only that, but to to be a balanced family guy, to be as grounded as you are, to be a veteran, and again, thanks for your service. Thank uh, you. To, uh, to have such balance, is that a facade or is that for real? You know, it's a, it is a daily, weekly monthly, um, goal and there has to be purpose and, and, and reality you have seasons, right? Right. Um, and, and I think it's good to mark those seasons or to walk consciously into those seasons mm-hmm. versus, um, trying to put on a facade of I've got it all together. Yeah. Um, you know, j- just as a short example, you know, for, for my wife and I, if I'm going into a heavy work season or we're going to push for agent growth, we're going to have a discussion about it. And I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to be at a lot of agent meetings. I'm not going to be as available. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be pushing sometimes till seven o'clock at night. And um, what I try to do is like set a little, little reward vacation at the end of that quarter to mark the end of that season. Mm -hmm. And then we can have some fun as a family or as a couple or whatever it requires at the time. Yeah. One of the things I want to share with our listeners, Brandon, is just that, you know, when you and I first were getting acquainted, the very first words out of your mouth were about your family. And uh, that's telling to me. I'm a family man as well, though. I have a, I have a third of the family that you have. Uh, my kids are seven and five. But interestingly, one of the things that I think helps people with families uh, really achieve balance and something that my wife brought to the relationship early was uh, she said, hey, listen, you know, this is going to be a team effort if we're going to, you know, raise children together. And I understand that it's a busy business, real estate, but we should set some expectations about how we're going to do this together from the outset. And so we began doing that. You know, we we set some hours of the day where I would work, some evenings that were free, uh, some expectations around weekends. And, and of course, things come up, but with open lines of communication, in my experience, things were so much easier. And I think all too often, at least from the experience I've had from some colleagues, uh, I think there sometimes can be like this failure to communicate uh, mutual expectations of of a realtor or a broker, and then 
I mean, you know how that goes, right? It's very difficult yeah. to continue and, and achieve success in a personal relationship if you don't have that, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And one of the things that I find, you know, with agents and one of the things that we really strive for at Ten Oaks is to help people create that balance. Look, you don't have to work 60 hours a week for this to be profitable for you. Mm -hmm. um, work will expand to the time that you allow for it. Yes, sir. And then understanding the science, the the, the philosophy of delegation mm -hmm. to achieve those long-term goals. Because let me tell you something. If, if you're going through a divorce, it's going to show up in your business. If you're going through some problems with your kids, it's going to show up in your business. And at the end of your life, it's not about how many hours you work, right? It's about the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's just important to focus on what's important ultimately. Where do you think you got that perspective from, Brandon? Was that something that was ingrained in your family or was that something that came to you through your own personal experience? Where do you think you came by that? You know, I think probably, you know, at the beginning of my real estate career where I um, was really pushing for income, right? Because when you when you're quitting a corporate job or a full time job, and you've got a salary and you've got some commission, that's you know the flourish on your salary. Um, it's very very scary to jump out and, and go full time into real estate where you've got no guaranteed income. Mm -hmm. And so you know the default for someone like me is, hey, I got to provide, provide, survive, survive. And so I just went as hard and as fast as I could mm -hmm. to create as much income as I could. And that had consequences, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of my, you know, wife getting stuck at, at home with the kids and mm -hmm. for long periods of time and me not getting home until eight or nine or 10 o'clock trying to write contracts. And at this time, you know, we did, we didn't have as much availability. We didn't have a lot of, you know, really even in 2011, 2012, 2013, we were still doing stuff on paper. And mm -hmm. so you had to go back to the office and scan in the offer. And I mean, it just took a lot of time. And so at some point I right. thought, but this is enough. Um, I've got to figure out a better way to do this and preserve that time with my family and my wife so that mm -hmm. we can have a good long-term relationship. Right. Now, presumably that was a, a two-way conversation. That wasn't just a decision that you came to on your own. I know how these things go, Brandon. <laughs> There's no way it was a two-way or, or one way conversation rather. Yeah, it was totally a two-way conversation. <laughs> So, and, so walk um, us through yeah. that. You know, I, I'd like to hear some of that story because, as you well know, a lot of our our viewers and listeners are struggling with balance and struggling to sure. to compress time and and expand their accomplishments. And so, what are some of the things that you teach the agents at Ten Oaks that uh, that might speak to that? Yeah, that's a great question because, it, and it's so important for people to understand that there are options. You know, one of the first things that we do is guess what? You need and you're getting a transaction coordinator. That's one of the things that primarily steals so much time. And it's and honestly, it's something that you can delegate to someone else. And a lot of agents, I've, I've heard this sort of uh, um, objection where agents will say, uh, well, I do the paperwork. I just like to do the paperwork myself. Mm -hmm. You know, nonsense, right? You can pay someone else um, a fraction of what your time is worth, right? And if you're a real estate agent, your time is worth 50, 60, 75, 100, $150 an hour, depending on your production level. Right. And it's just not worth work until 11. So one of the first things is get the paperwork off of you. The more paperwork you can get off of you, the better to where you communicate. For my top agents, I say, listen, you talk to make money. You don't um, sit in front of a computer and do paperwork to make money. That's not what you do anymore. 
That's right. Um, so that that's one of the first things that transaction coordinator piece. It's it's hard for folks to let go of, you know, it, because I feel like one of the the hats that's uh, worn by a lot of realtors, and, and maybe it's taught to us at some point in our careers. There's some element of pride in being able to wear, you know, these 150 different hats. And then, you know, to give some some of this away is almost like, you know, we've lost or or we're not capable or, uh, you know, we, we can't do it. But I can say for the folks on my team and in my organization, when they've let go of these things, typically within about, you know, 90 days, they're saying things like, I can't believe I waited so long. Has that been your experience too? Absolutely. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. So I just tell people, stop trying to be, stop being a control freak, right? Mm -hmm. I do this as an experiment, see how it works. Mm -hmm. um, I, I say for our agents, so it's like, listen, you're, you're as a real estate agent, um, you're wearing three hats. One of them is your lead generation business development hat, right? How we get mm -hmm. new business to us. Right. The second one is the customer service, it's the showings and the consulting and the negotiation. And mm -hmm. then the third is the transaction management. Um, and I, I, I know you've already read the book, E-Myth. I know from talking to you, um, mm -hmm. we got to start taking those hats off to where you're wearing one hat. Um, right. And then maybe you, you're wearing no hats at the end of this and the business yeah. runs itself. That's the ultimate goal yeah. uh, for me. That's cool. So tell me about uh, about your personal journey. So you've got a big successful brokerage. Congratulations on you. on that. You're obviously a wonderful manager, a wonderful leader, a wonderful mentor, a wonderful recruiter. Uh, and this has all come about in fairly short order. I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, this has been uh, about four years. Am I reading that right? Well, yeah, I've got probably... You know, Ten Oaks has been around since 2019, November of 2019. Yeah. But I had experience uh, with a previous company, and mm -hmm. you know, really worked myself into that coaching role. Mm -hmm. After about four years of real estate, I found it was something that I loved. Helping mm -hmm. new agents become successful was something that I loved. You know, being a part of their journey, being a part of their success, being able to share what I had learned, and so that's really what I say is my primary skill set is the coaching, mentorship part of this. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's where I sort of directed myself, where I found the most fulfillment, where I, I kind of got get in the zone is in that part of it. And then mm -hmm. um, hire other people to handle the operations and right. IT and all of those other things. Yeah. Well, that didn't all come about quickly, though, because uh, we have to scale into uh, enough revenue that we can afford to backfill with human resources. So would yep. you share with us a bit of that journey just over that period of time and some of the decisions that you made strategically about getting that support to help you scale? Yeah, certainly. You know, the first thing is, um, you know, after you get the transaction management off of you, um, the next thing is, okay, how do I get the customer service part off? Mm -hmm. And that's going to take a little bit of finesse and a little bit of time because, you know, one of the things that that about real estate or when you're a realtor is people are buying you. Mm -hmm. And so that can be very daunting for a real estate agent when you are um, trying to maintain that personal connection with a client, but you might need somebody else to help you with the, uh, the customer service part of it showings or putting the listing agreement together or getting the signs out or whatever. And they're not going to see you, but they're going to see people um, on your team. And so what I did at the beginning was I always aligned with a rock star up and coming agent. Mm-hmm. Right. I could see there that, you know, 
uh, where is it? Pat, Pat Lencioni, the hungry, humble, smart, right? And I would yeah. find those hungry, humble smarts and I would pull them in and I'd maybe give them a couple of, of uh, trial runs and a sort of transaction man- management scenario, you mm-hmm. know, to pay them to sort of, hey, I want you to go to the inspection. I want you to do the paperwork and kind of see how they did. And then basically what I would do is bring them in to a team structure mm-hmm. where they would basically be realtor assistants. And so they would be doing all the running around. But the key was I couldn't just give that to anybody. I had to give it to really, really good people that could connect with the clients and really sort of take that role from me, right? right? And and get trust from those clients. So you can't just throw it off to any realtor, you know, especially with your homegrown clients. You got to have, you got to have somebody really, really good. And fortunately, you know, just in the recruiting game, you, you're if you're doing it right, you should be recruiting and attracting several agents where you can kind of handpick those rock stars and get mm-hmm. them to work with you. So that's a, a key piece is when you're moving to that next level, you got to become a recruiter. It's right. it's an essential and not everybody's going to be great, but you've got to sort of click over in your brain to that recruiter and it has to become a primary part of your business. I want to pour a bit more deeply into the the me versus we uh, transition that you just made there. And, you know, one of the things that I know a lot of folks experience, and I see this in my coaching, is they have this feeling that the primary relationship is with them and that the client will in some way feel let down or mismanaged or worse yet, that the relationship will be lost to the person who's stepping in supporting me. And so right. perhaps the next transaction doesn't come back to me. There's a whole suite of emotions that need to be dealt with there. And I'm curious how you navigated that personally. You know, one of the things that I thought about, and I got this from Darren Hardy, as he was talking about Dr. Oz. It's like, mm. they, they asked Dr. Oz one time, he's like, how do you do all this? You're on these TV shows and all that stuff. And you, you're still a surgeon. And so he said, I would, do, I would have everything dialed into the only the one thing that I needed to do. To, to create a successful outcome for a patient. So the, the first thing is viewing yourself as a professional, because let me, let me tell you something. When you're working with an attorney, are you calling them and they're picking up the phone? Probably not. They're probably going to have an assistant that's probably going to schedule them for you based on their time frame, And we're going to turn on a little timer as soon as they get on the phone. Right. Same thing with the doctor, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to call and get the doctor immediately. Um, you're typically going to talk to an assistant. You're going to talk to a nurse. You might even get the PA. Yeah. You know, so so really, when you start to view yourself as a professional, right? And by the way, real estate is a complicated transaction with lots of moving parts, and you're kind of going through scenarios and variables. So when you're really really good at this, you're a pro, um, and so that's worth something. So you just have to be strategic about the touch points with the clients in the proportion mm-hmm. of the transaction. And so I would say, you know, the first time I met with the clients for a buyer consultation, which I'm not going to show houses without a buyer consultation, not going to happen. We got to talk about their vision, their goals, what we're going to try to create, how this is going to work, because mm-hmm. that's what a professional do. If you went to a doctor, you're going to have a consultation before surgery, right? That's right. So, we got to yeah, go just, you don't just say you want to, I want an append, an appendectomy. Or I'm mispronouncing <laughs> right. that. Yeah. And then just show right. up. They have to consult. That's right. And so then the other part is, I, and I'd say, Hey, you know, I've got, you know, Bob or Jane or whoever, um, they're going to help with the showing portion of it. Um, right. and a lot of times in that initial consultation, I would defer to that realtor to ask their opinion. 
so that they could come in and be an expert and show the clients that they are somebody who could be trusted and they're someone who's out there in the marketplace making things happen. So we've right. got, you know, that team approach was right. was a lot of times made the client feel better because they're like, okay, I've got a team of people around mm-hmm. me to help me. And yeah. so that was, a, I think, a key is just dialing down those, okay, when do I need to touch? And so it was, hey, buyer consultation, yeah. negotiation, mm-hmm. repair, and then closing. And so I just, basically took that transaction about four to five hours. I, I just love the way you laid that out. That's been that's something that we've been teaching our team members for for ages. And during that buyer consultation, and I'm sure that you're doing the same thing, you know, as a lead agent, we're we're teaching folks literally just to say less and to make space both verb- verbally and physically so that the showing partner can step forward and and really step into that role, establish credibility and rapport and, and truly show the gifts that they possess and then show the fact that they will indeed be triaging that entire middle portion of that transaction. And it's absolutely impressive to see the light go off for those two people the first time that that happens when they realize, oh my gosh, like not only is this working, but this person in front of us now feels far more cared for and in more capable hands because now we're triaging just like a, a doctor and a nurse might or a specialist and a doctor might. And, uh, and you can just see the confidence rise in people when you've done that consultation properly. It's amazing. To yeah, see. absolutely. And gosh, it saves you so much time and energy <laughs> than having to unwind, you know, something that you should have told the clients in the first place. Mm. And if you didn't discuss multiple offers on the front end, try convincing them when they're in the middle. We're going to have to lose three or four houses before they realize it because you didn't tell them on the front end. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that buyer buyer consultation, listing consultation, and basically here are here's how the game works is mm-hmm. so essential to saving your time. And yeah. so setting expectations is an essential. The interesting thing about that is that you're also, I want to use the word control lightly, but you're in a position of control because you have space and time to conduct your consistent dialogue in the same format, using the same scripts and the same process that you had before. And we like to do those at our office. But I think the key point is, is that when you're doing it in that way, consistently time over time, you can really, really master getting all of those things that you anticipate coming down the road out of the way and really, really help your client get a deep understanding of, of what's coming down the road. The challenge if you don't do that is that you never know if your client's going to fall in love with the first house, the third house, and you're meeting out on the street and you're talking in the wind or the snow or, you know, whatever. And a lot of times you just don't key on on these proactive elements that are going to be so important in creating a more inspiring experience for the client. And so that structure is so important, yet so many people just want to wing it. And I just love hearing the fact that you're teaching your agents to front end all that. Well, let me tell you, if you're an agent listening to this podcast, you're, if you don't set those expectations, if you don't have those consultations, you're going to be in positions where you're on your heels, mm-hmm. right? Which ultimately is a client coming to you going, why isn't this working? Whether it's a buy, whether it's a purchase or a sale, why isn't this working? You don't ever want to be in that position, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You want to be in the position with, which is uh, creating a world-class experience for your clients. They're like, thank you so much right? For, for helping us get this. And my favorite thing, and this is, by the way, if you're an agent, this is when you know you hit it. When you get to the closing and the client goes, boy, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. 
then you pat yourself on the back because you you solved the problems before they got there. That's when you that's when you've made it. That's true. Or you've solved those problems behind the scenes. You didn't feel like you needed to share that all with your client because hey, that's just the job, right? We don't need to be a hero. Yeah, quit we just telling need people. To- yeah, <laughs> quit telling people what yeah. problems came up. Right. Your job yeah. is to provide solutions, and if you can provide solutions, and they don't have to know about it, even better. Yeah. 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 Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used LineDesk. I've used Conversion. And I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. You know, this, this reminds me of something that I've heard frequently over the years. Not, you know, I, I suppose in the industry, and, and I'm sure you have too, but I, I'm certain that your team and brokerage colleagues are, are trained much better than this. But Whenever I hear someone in the industry complaining about a client or this terrible transaction, I, I almost always instantly go to the point where I want to start unpacking it and go to this point in the conversation where we say, hey, like, what was your consultation like? Tell me about some of the things that you did proactively to prevent all of these things from unfolding the way that they did, where now, instead of taking responsibility, you're pointing the finger at some consumer that really didn't know any of these things were coming their way, but you should have, right? Yeah, that's right. It or it could prevented. have been a client client that you shouldn't have taken in the first place, There's right? Some of that, in, in that sure. consultation, you know, yeah, you're right. If you start to unpack some of that stuff a little bit, mm-hmm. boy, and, and you apply a little bit of personal responsibility, yeah, that's yeah you right. can have some awareness around that for sure. 
I'd like to switch gears with you a little bit, Brandon, and, and talk a little bit about market conditions. Uh, tell us a bit about what's happening in Franklin, Tennessee right now. What are you seeing in your marketplace uh, yeah. here at the, you know, kind of early to mid part of July? Yeah, still a hot market. You know, I think there's a lot of definitely um, uh, noise out there in the marketplace, noise out there in the economy. And I know that every real estate market is local. Um, but generally what I can see is a stabilization for sure. You know, overall, our transaction count is down. There's no doubt that there's been a shift in the marketplace, no question. But we have to start to diagnose and kind of look into that. It's You're never really going to know it until it's in the rear view mirror. But from, from a speculative place, what I can see is, you know, people say, well, price changes. So house prices are going down. That's not what I see. Mm-hmm. I see house prices going down because the seller's overpriced to begin with. Okay. Right. They didn't. Um, look objectively at the comps, look objectively at the market. And a lot of times realtors, we we get in this position where we might tell them what they want to hear to get the listing, or you have a seller that just doesn't listen to you and you go, all right, well, let's try it. But we still want to set up some, some you know rules for the game about what how the market communicates about the price of your home. So yeah, we're definitely seeing some stabilization. The higher the price goes, the more that's uh, softening, right? But in your entry price points, we're still multiple offer scenarios. I've got yeah. a client writing a, or a realtor writing an offer right now for under 300,000 with 13 other offers. And so entry price points are strong. Uh, luxury price points are softening. Um, and But but a lot of that, a, a large portion of that I see is the overprice and that greed where we're still thinking things were supposed to happen like they were a year ago. And mm-hmm. uh, But ultimately, I would say it feels normal to me. Right. Right. Well, as a real estate for, a right, uh, for 15 <laughs> years, I go, yeah, this is what a normal market feels like. That's the last right. two well, years you, was insane. You were first licensed in 2008. I was 2000. Yeah, actually same 2008 for me as well. Part-time okay. also. And uh, yeah. yeah, things were a lot different then. they were challenging and uh, it was hard to put deals together. There was a lot happening in the world back in those days. That's true. But we didn't know any better, did we? We just like, hey, we're, we're just out here selling houses. Yeah, no. And I was like you, I was working a full-time job and I, I wanted to get into real estate and prove to myself that I could make the this a career. And, and we both did that. So, so tell me, Brandon, what kind of conversations are you having with your agents to prepare them for, say, the next 12 to 24 months and what's likely happening as uh, the markets tend to cool a little bit more off and interest rates rise? How, how do you how do you work with your agents in anticipating some of these things? Well, one of the first things, as I say, this is your time, right? For the last two years, anybody could crawl out from under a rock and sell a house, <laughs> right? And so now, you know, for a real estate agent, if you can really um, buckle down, start to create a process for your marketing, start to create a process for your business development, for the way that you handle it, set up your week the right way, Uh, continue to input more and more information so that you can uh, decipher all that and start to bring wisdom into the marketplace. One of the things I'm telling my agents right now is like, you need to be a lighthouse in the storm, Yeah. right? And this is your time to be that lighthouse. And so if you can push towards professionalism, push towards process, um, you can win. And the biggest change that I see, right, is the number of people that are thinking they need to get their real estate license. Right. Right. Cause I mean, we, yes, we, do we see transaction counts go down? Yep. But we see inventory start to rise. Yep. But guess yeah. where the biggest change is 
right? And the 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 professionals continue to produce, right? That's because right. they can adapt, they can take action, they start mm-hmm. to create new processes, they don't get stuck in the mud, mm-hmm. right? And ninety five percent of people aren't going to change. Be the five percent that will. That's right. That's going to do something different. Try new things. There's some magnificent things that happen, and, and you know because you, you grew in a market like this, and and so did I. Uh, I love the fact that there'll be some of those part timers leaving the business. You know, the folks with the, you know, Uber cabs and a, a real estate license will be letting theirs go. Other folks will be going to part time from full time, and uh, as transaction volume goes down, and it will. Uh, the, the proportion of transactions available to professionals who have managed their mindset, managed their health, as you say, worked on systems, worked on their growth, uh, will have tremendous business growth during these next two to three years. And I, for one, am, am really ecstatic about that. I think the thing that we all need to do and what you're alluding to is that we, we all really need to be conscious of the fact that, yes, there's a lot of media. Yes, there's a lot of noise out there. But there's also a lot of business available to us. And so we need to put those blinders on and stay focused on the opportunities that are in front of us and not be uh, scared and put off like a lot of our competitors will be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And one of the the discussions that I'm having right now, Courtney, are around, hey, how much money do I need to have to start to play in the marketplace? You know, one of the interesting things, I don't know about you, but for me, I have never sold an interest rate in my life until the last two years. We never even talked about it, right? 6% yeah. was normal. 55 was great. 4.9, yeah. even better. But we didn't right. even talk about it. It was more about, hey, what do you need to do? People, because people, I believe, move primarily around life events. They do. And so you look at, man, who hasn't been able to play in the last two years? How about people mm-hmm. who just have enough money for a down payment? Right. Right. They've scrimped and saved and gotten their money together, but they couldn't play because they didn't have you know, $50,000 to go above asking and cover the appraisal gap and so that's on right. and so forth. And so you've got this whole other group that's been waiting in the wings. Why, mm-hmm. why are we not communicating with them? Yeah. This is the you time. Know, that's a wonderful discovery that, uh, that you helped me with that I hadn't seen yet. I want to say thank you for, because our, perhaps it's because our market wasn't quite as hot as yours, but indeed many buyers over the last two years have had to cover that appraisal gap. They'd be coming in with these overly inflated offers, resetting the market at those prices. But that is one of the things that that we'll start to see as the volumes come down and prices start to settle and we start to see asking price reflect more closely to sale prices. It'd be less money out of pocket for a person to actually purchase. And that leaves a lot more equity with the family that's buying a property and that leaves additional buying power for consumer goods. I mean, these are all wonderful things for our economy. Yeah, no question about it. And so, yeah, we need, again, we need to be communicating with those folks and and saying, yeah, it's, it's your time to play in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, grab the money you have and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Great time to be in contact with folks. Fantastic. So how, how will you have measured success, let's say, looking forward in, in two to three years in terms of the growth of your organization, in terms of the things that you're doing personally? Help us understand what Brandon's future path looks like. Yeah, most of it is around, you know, I mean, we, we can throw around um, GCI, we can throw around, um, you know, percentage year over year growth, um, things like that. And those are really important things. Um, but what I really judge our success by, besides the numbers is, you know, w- what's happening in the lives of our agents, right? How are their lives better? What What's a way that someone came into the to 
you know, Ten Oaks Real Estate and and their lives changed because of their relationship with our organization. And so I look to those really as my fulfillment and inspiration. And if we're doing those things consistently, like if we're feeding our agents the way that they need to be fed, the numbers were sort of take care of themselves in a way. Now, I don't want to be blind to, there, there's no doubt that there, that recruiting needs to be done, that sales training needs to be done. Yeah. We got to pay attention to the numbers. That's just the we job. We need to look yeah. at GCI, but, but ultimately, right, it's these, um, it's about the people, mm. right? And I think for people like you and for me, we really desire to see that personal and professional growth from people, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get our ultimate fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the numbers are a reflection of that, but it's about those, it's about changing lives. I just want to unpack that a little bit more. It reflects on something that I, I shared yesterday or perhaps today on social media around, I think it, it seems to me that it's challenging these days, whether it's due to social media or kind of societal changes for people to defer their gratification and to stay focused on on goals over the longer term. And one of the things that I know personally has been easy to stay focused on is to be in service of the folks around me. And it was easy for me to prospect and it was easy for me to follow up because I always felt like I was doing good work for someone. And whether or not a transaction ever happened, I could go to bed at night thinking I had just forged a relationship and I had given something of value to a human being and there was gratitude and reciprocity built universally into that relationship. Now, whether or not a transaction would ever have come from that conversation or that effort was, I don't want to say of no consequence to me, but it, it was of lower consequence because I had the immediate gratification from having been of service. And it seems to me that that's exactly what you're alluding to by being of service to the agents in your organization and being the thing that keeps you fueled and fired and motivated to keep doing what you're doing day in and day out, regardless of what's happening in the marketplace. Yeah, there's no question. You know, I think one of the things that I tell agents, because, you know, how often do you have these discussions? Well, you know, so-and-so had the audacity to call me, even though they didn't use me as the realtor in their transaction, they wanted to use me for advice. <laughs> right. Can you believe that? Or so-and-so, I, I gave them the comps and then they put it in for sale by owner and sold it to somebody else. And, you know, listen, I, I'm going to tell you, your life is going to be made a lot easier, right? If you start to let go of those things and you start to look at them in a positive light because they go, you know mm-hmm. what, for whatever reason, and who knows, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't use that, you know, they didn't use Brandon, mm-hmm. whatever reason, that's fine, right? They have their own reasons for that. But mm-hmm. when, when it mattered, when they needed some real advice, they came to me, which means I'm a trusted advisor to them whether I got the business or not, which means I'm impacting the world in a way that people see me as that. Mm -hmm. So you're always, the more you can sort of focus on being a giver, right? Out to your community, to the giver, to the people around you with, with no thought of um, money or whatever coming back to you, it's just going to happen. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean to be overly metaphysical about it, but people are going to be attracted to people who give and you're going to give far more than you'll ever receive. Yeah, it's true. And it's an easy thing to say, isn't it? Because I, I'm certain, given how long you've been in the business, and I can speak from a personal standpoint, there have been many times, you know, where things were really skinny for me, where I was wondering how I was going to pay bills, and uh, was very stressed financially. But there was absolutely no question that the way through that was to to not laser focus on that fear, that worry, that bill, uh, was just to set that aside, not as if it wasn't real, not as if it didn't matter, 
but as being my concern and my concern alone and and just putting it over here and and getting again laser focused on the person that was in front of me not my phone that was ringing while i was with them but literally just forging this relationship and adding whatever conceivable value that I could and recognizing that the more times that I can do that, the greater odds of this problem over here just being solved universally. And and it, it's obviously worked for you, Brandon, uh, and I want to congratulate you on that. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Brandon, you're uh, you're an amazing broker. It sounds like you're an incredible human being, and I'm sure that more of our listeners would like to connect with you and and learn about 10 Oaks and, and learn about uh, what you've done and how you've done it. What's a great way for folks to reach out to you and to connect with you after the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my email is Brandon Baca at 10 Oaks, re.com. Um, B R A N D O N B A C A at 10 Oaks, re.com. Uh, so they can reach me there and um, you can also go, go to the website, 10 Oaks, re.com. Awesome. What markets do you serve by the way? Uh, that's Nashville or Middle Tennessee, mm -hmm. um, Knoxville, Oklahoma yep. City, Tulsa, and North Texas. Very cool. You got quite a spread there. That's fantastic. Well, Brandon, let me tell you personally, it's been an amazing time hanging out with you. Really appreciate your energy and all the great things that you've done. Thank you so much for giving some time to Real Estate Rockstars today. We really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. The feeling's mutual. Thank all you. Right, man. Take good care now. All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one and I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have and also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you like, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.